You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Hey, um, can I uh, remind you or invite you or whatever to um, be aware? Uh, uh, pe- some people have asked about our first year's vision offering, what's happening with that this year. It's all been a bit sort of uh, uh, upset with things, but we will be doing something later on in this month. So if you, if you want to participate in that, please be aware and you can just mark that in, um, in your offering and uh, that will go to the appropriate uh, place. So I want to welcome, of course, everybody who's in the room, but also there's a number of people watching online. God bless you if you're uh, watching online this morning. Glad that you dropped into uh, our place for a few moments. We can share together. Uh, how many know that Jesus said some really crazy stuff? Uh, we, we like to think about the nice things he said about loving our neighbours and so forth and, uh, and uh, to uh, forgive and, and that, that kind of warm, fuzzy stuff. But Jesus said a lot of stuff that really, I mean, if he wasn't God, would leave us with a conclusion that he must be mad. Uh, the kind of stuff that people like me tend to dumb down. You know, we, when we go, oh, you know, uh, we, we, we'll, we'll gloss over it. And uh, people who read it, like you, probably read it and go, nah, I, I don't know what he means there. Uh, but it can't mean what it said, and you just keep reading and, and you try to forget about it. It's the kind of stuff that really doesn't build a movement. Um, if Jesus was coming to me for advice, and not that he ever does, but if he was coming to me for advice about how to build a movement, how to get a religion going, you know, I would tell him, you know, you've got to wedge politics, right? You've got to build a them and an us, and they're the oppressors, and we are the righteous, and let's rise up. Uh, you don't kind of preach or, or teach this, this kind of stuff. And we started a series actually before the lockdown called The Shocking Statements of Jesus. And then we kind of got a little bit um, directed in other, other, other pathways because of um, different things that were going on. But I thought we'd finish the series. Uh, the first in the series was back in March where Jesus said, you know, drink my blood and eat my flesh. And uh, the kind of stuff you like to share with your neighbours. And, uh, and uh, but this morning it's going to get worse, all right? So I'm glad you're here because uh, it was, it's pretty, it's pretty um, well, it's R-rated stuff, frankly. So, uh, you know, if there's children in the room... Uh, I'm sorry, I don't write this stuff, I just read it, all right? Uh, this is Jesus, and it is, it's very much R-rated from the point of view of, of violence. Um, we're going to drop in on, on the narrative in a moment, but just before I get there, he, he says things like this, you know, he says things like, chop off your hand. If your hand offends you, chop it off. Now, just imagine that you're sitting there listening to Jesus, and Jesus says, if your hand offends you, then takes a breath. What would you think he was about to say? If your hand offends you, you'd be thinking, oh yeah, I know where he's going with this because you do it all the time, right? When you're talking to your husband or your wife or your friend or you're sitting there listening to me, you're thinking, oh, I think I know where he's going with this. I, I know where he's taking this. I'm expecting to hear that. What would you be expecting to hear when you heard Jesus say, and if your hand offends you, you'd probably be thinking, oh, you what, tie it behind your back? You know, uh, bring it in the water? Uh, you know, um, stop walking on your hands. If your hand causes you to trip, stop walking on them. I mean, well, what would you? And then he says, 
Chop it off. I mean, this is a conservative group, right? This is, we, we are, a, we are a, a, a church full of respectable, somewhat conservative people. Have a look around. Why do you bring this radical interloper of an idea into such a serene, you know, kind of uh, uh, sophisticated setting like this? Chop, if your hand offends you, chop it off. Maybe we need to have an altar call with really sharp knives. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it is rather kind of gross, isn't it? But it gets worse. It'll get worse in a minute. And, and as I say, you know, hopefully this morning, you know, you have prepared. I did put a warning in, the, in Facebook just so that you would. That's why there's no many people here this morning, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, people thought, oh, that's disgusting. I'm not going to go and listen to that. And I, I get that. I get that. But... As I said, I don't write the stuff, you know. If I was Jesus, I would have advised against it. But because he said it, it's in the Bible, and that's what we do in this church. We teach the Bible, so we just got to go there. But um, there's a movie out, um, I think came out in 2010, called 127 Hours, and it tells the inspiring story of a fellow by the name of Aaron Rolson. And Aaron Rolson's story was, uh, he's a rock climber, and he fell into the crevice this, uh, of this huge rock, and his arm was severed as he fell. A boulder fell with him, and it caught his arm. And he couldn't move. And he couldn't move the rock. And so he was okay, he was fine, but there he is, his arm uh, trapped between the, the rock wall and this falling boulder. And he stands there for a day, two days, He decides, well, that's it. I'm going to die. He manages to to scratch into the rock, rest in peace, RIP. He leaves a message, you know, on his phone. uh, You know, this is my final will and testament. Thank you. I love you all sort of thing. And after five days of being trapped and unable to move, he's been thinking about his friends, thinking about his family, And something comes over him and he says, I don't want to die. I'm not going to show you the video, so don't don't panic. Because he has a blunt knife in his pocket. And he does the unthinkable. He severs his own arm with a blunt knife. He manages to get out of there. He goes, he finds help. They obviously put him in hospital and he's fine. And he he tells the story how he was glad, really, that he was able to get out and and live the rest of his life uh, some years later. Jesus is meaning you've got to view it from the perspective of eternity. It's just an arm. From the perspective of eternity, it's no big deal. Jesus is teaching some pretty heavy stuff. And and what all great communicators do is before they take you somewhere, they get you all on the same page. That's what a great communicator will always do. So everyone's sort of leaning in going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then you take people, you know, you've got to strap them in, right, before you take them on the journey. And so Jesus is strapping them in. He's bringing everybody to the same page. In Mark chapter 9 and verse 42, he says this, If anyone causes one of these little ones, 
Those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone uh, was hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. Now that's oratory right there, right? I would go, good one, Jesus. Get everybody, yeah. Because, right? Who likes pedophiles? No. Death to pedophiles. Yes, right? That will garner crowd support, won't it? Because let's face it, on the totem pole of, uh, of, of crime in society, um, right at the bottom is interfering with children, correct? Maybe lower now as I've come from Victoria, but up until recently, it was pedophilia. <laughs> Too soon? Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, the truth is, you go to, um, like, if you're a, you know, you're a pedophile in prison, you're in danger. I mean, among criminals, they, you consider garbage. And, uh, you know, if you've ripped off the government in prison, you might be a hero. But if you touched a kid in prison, look out. Even in prison, you're in danger. Am I not right? And so when Jesus is saying, you know, if anybody touches a kid, look out. Everyone goes, yeah, don't touch our kids. Everyone's on the same page. <laughs> and then he does this incredible pivot. And he says, um, and what's next? Jesus, yeah, where will you? Let's get rid of those rotters. Let's get that garbage, that human scum. <laughs> and if your hand causes you to stumble, yeah, yeah, cut it off. Oh, oh I don't like this bloke anymore. I was... Right with him a minute ago. I don't, I don't think I want to cut my hand off. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a, a huge pivot in a single phrase. But um, what Jesus is saying is this. He's saying, are you hanging on to something that is taking you in the wrong direction? Is there a friendship in your life? Are you hanging around people that you shouldn't be hanging on to? Is there a habit? Is there stuff? He's not just talking about stealing or shoplifting or something. He's basically saying, is there things that you are hanging on to that, you are, that are taking you in the wrong direction? You should cut it off. And then he goes on and says, and if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. Now that would have been incredibly shocking to the crowd because the only way they got around was by foot. Uh, there was no prosthetics, there was no wheelchairs. Horses and camels were really the domain of the rich. When the disciples went from town to town, they didn't ride. There was no cars. They walked. You needed your feet to get food to eat. You needed your feet for very basic human essentials like water, bathing, and so forth. And Jesus is saying, you've got to see how serious this actually is. That if your foot causes you to stumble... Cut it off. He then goes on further and says, and if your eye causes you to stumble, oh, pluck it out. Give me a break. I can't even wear contact lenses, you know? Got to touch your eye? I'm flat out doing that. My wife can do it. I'm, I'm just too manby-pamby. I can't touch my eye. I can't put a, a contact lens in. It's disgusting. But Jesus says, if your eye, oh, what's he talking about? He, he, he's saying there are things that catch your attention. There are things that you look at 
that are taking you in the wrong direction, they'll cause you to stumble. Things that you'd probably advise others not to look at, but for you yourself, you justify. For you yourself, you go, you, you, put, you put some limits in there. I'll put some boundaries on there, but I've got this. I, I'm okay. Jesus is saying, you're better off. You want a better life? Gouge your eye out. <laughs> See, we justify the temporal to compromise the eternal. Is there something in your life now that stands between you and God? Is there something in your life now that stands between you and God? See, what you do today will impact where you go tomorrow. Uh, It's all about direction. Your future is not dictated by your intention. It's dictated by your direction. Show me the direction of your life and I'll show you where you'll be in five years. It's not dictated by happenstance. It's not dictated by what you want. It's dictated by what you do. All right. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something very, very quickly. All right. This is an uplifting place and we're not going to go there long. But think for a moment, if you could, with me, just for a brief, brief moment of the greatest regret of your life. The thing you go, oh, gee, that's just, okay, stop, that's enough of that, all right? (laughs) But we've all got things that we regret, haven't we? We've all got things that we go, oh, I can't believe I I did that. And I I don't know whether you did it, you know, in in cooperation with somebody else. Mostly, Mostly that happens like that, but you could have been on your own. And I think the truth is you thought it was a good idea at the time. Seemed like fun, right? Seemed like, yeah, let's go with this. Let's go with this crowd. Let's, let's do this. Yeah, let's, let's have some fun. And now you look back and you go, man, if I could turn back time, I would give my right arm to live that season of my life again and make a different decision. And Jesus would say, fair trade. Only do it in advance. That's a fair trade. If I could turn back time, if I could live that moment, if only I would be prepared to give up just about anything. And here's the thing. Do you want to top that greatest regret of your life? I'll tell you how to top it. I'll tell you how to make that regret secondary to something that you've not yet done. Simple. Hold on to stuff that you should let go of. View stuff that you don't want anyone else to know about and go to places that you wouldn't tell your mother. (laughs) It's only a matter of time until you top what was the greatest regret in your life and there's a time in the future when you'll say, oh, if only I could turn back time, I would give my right arm. You see, life's not about right and wrong. People say, oh, is is this okay? Is this a sin? Is this right? Is this wrong? Life's not about right and wrong. Life's about direction. Nobody ever wakes up one day and says to themselves, you know, today I'm going to wreck the rest of my life. No one ever does that. It's gradual. It's, it's, It's a process. Cut it off so your hand can't touch it. Pluck it out so your eye can't see it. Chop off your foot so your body can't get there. 
Because what you tolerate or justify today will rule you tomorrow. And it could be so many different things. So many relationships that we don't want to let go of that we really know are not godly. So many habits that, are, that we've justified to the point where this is just part of who I am. Credit cards that, that, that are out of control or whatever it might happen to be. So you might think that this is extreme, but Jesus would say to you, this is extremely important. He takes this to the extreme because it's so extremely important. And what he says next is a showstopper. What he says next should blow your mind. What he says next is this. For it's better for you. It's better. You want a better life? (laughs) Jesus is improving your standard of living here. He's saying it's better for you to enter the kingdom of heaven with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. Jesus is saying maiming is better than hell. (laughs) There are some things worth sacrificing rather than spending eternity in hell. That's what he's saying. And you might, you might, you might uh, retort and say, well, he's just, you know, he's manipulating us with fear. This is fear mongering. When I was a kid, and some of you will remember this, when I was a kid, there was this little, you know, tune that they used to get around. We'd come and they'd say, look to the left and look to the right and look to the... Oh, is that how it goes? Okay. <laughs> look to the right, look to the left and look to the right again. And, and, and you might say, well, why did they teach you that stuff? Oh, they're just fear-mongering, <laughs> you know? They're just filling you with fear that that truck's going to kill you when you cross the road with your eyes closed. <laughs> Don't listen to them. Don't listen to the fear-mongerers. That's not fear-mongering. That's concern because it's a legitimate concern. You don't cross the road without looking. Is that not true? And when you tell your kids to look before they cross the road and someone said, oh, you're just filling your kids with fear, come on. You're motivated by nothing other than concern. I want to suggest to you that this is not fear-mongering, that this is motivated, this is coming from a place of nothing more than a heart of concern. Jesus is saying, do something radical. is better than winding up in hell. Now, think about who he's talking to. Think about how practical this actually is. You might be sitting there going, Oh, well, I mean, this is just a bit, a bit rich. Really, this is a bit much. You know who was in his crowd that day? You know who's sitting right there in front of him? A fellow by the name of Judas. And I wonder if Judas, before he virtually topped himself, thought to himself, if only I had listened to what Jesus had said. If only I'd cut off my feet so I couldn't have gone to those uh, religious leaders and and portrayed Jesus and got the 30 pieces of silver. It seemed like a good idea at the time. I thought it was the right thing to do if, if only I'd cut my feet off so I couldn't have gone there. I wouldn't be feeling so depressed right now that I'm gonna kill myself 
which is what he did. I reckon Judas would have said, if I could turn back time, I'd give my right arm to not have made that decision. And Jesus would have said, fair trade. Fair trade. But of course, Judas, as you know, was stricken with remorse to the point that he didn't just cut off his arm. He basically cut off his head. <laughs> he killed himself. See, this will stop the lie of the flesh that says, just, just one taste and see. Just a quick peek, just a... Uh, uh, just just find out. It's easy to start things. You see, it's hard to stop things. If I could take you back to the movie I mentioned earlier with uh, the 127 hours, Aaron Rolson's story. They've interviewed him later. And he says, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I cut my arm off. <laughs> he said, at the time, I'm thinking, oh, dear, you know, can I do this? This seems, you know, so difficult but he says, here I am now later, I've experienced the love of my family, the love of my friends. It was just an arm. In the, in the light of the rest of my life, he said, if I could, you know, now that you'll talk to me, now I've done it, I'm so glad I've done it. Because I've got to experience so much more that if I died out there in the, uh, the, the rocks that day, I would never have experienced. And of course, already pointed to Judas I reckon Judas probably before he killed himself wished that he could have gone back in time and cut off something so that he couldn't have done what he did to destroy himself and that's what Jesus is saying to us I, I, I began by you know talking about pedophiles or people who hurt kids and people who hurt kids should you know be dealt with in a the most extreme measures. He talks about throwing them into the ocean with a stone around their neck, which is interestingly what the Romans did. Jesus just didn't make that up. He actually took that out of the Roman playbook. But um, it's actually bigger than that, isn't it? Uh, it's it, because you, you don't just damage the next generation by um, what you do to them. You damage the next generation by the uh, by the 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 model that you give them, by what you do, by the influence. And, and the problem is that time and time and, and time again, um, we do things that damage the next generation, but we don't see it. What Jesus is telling us to do here is to take an eternal view of things, right? So when you stand back at the end of time and you look back, it's just an arm. When you've been in heaven for a trillion years or whatever, <laughs> you won't even, it won't even register. That's what he's saying to you. Try to see it from an eternal perspective and it won't matter much. But you know what, 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 what we do? You know what helps us justify stuff? You know what helps us say, well, it's no big deal. You know, I'm not as bad as everybody else. You put boundaries around it. Is the fact that we don't see the damage that we're doing over time to ourselves, to our loved ones, to those who are following us. We don't view the damage in a moment. It's, it's gradual. It's sequential. It goes on over years. I'm going to suggest to you that if we could see the damage that holding on to things we should let go of, that viewing things 
that we shouldn't be looking at, the going to places we shouldn't go, the hand, the foot, the eye. If you could see it in a moment, you don't see it in a minute because it's so gradual. But if you could be at the end of time and you could see the damage that you did to yourself being involved in that over a long period, you know what you would do in a moment? You'd go, man, I wish I cut my arm off. <laughs> I can't, I just, I'm shocked at that. I'm shocked at how much pain I inflicted on the people I love. I'm shocked at how I damaged my own future by what I did. I had no idea. You don't because it's so gradual. Because it happens over such a long period of time. That if you could see it as Jesus saw it from the eternal perspective, you'd trade your arm for it in an instant. You'd actually see that what Jesus was saying, he made a whole lot of sense. It was good value. It wasn't as crazy, it wasn't as, as ill-conceived uh, as you may initially have thought. You see, when we make a sacrifice, uh, we don't just win. When we make a sacrifice, others win as well. When I let go of something that I shouldn't be hanging on to, it's just not a personal victory. It just doesn't mean that makes my life better, makes my example better. It actually becomes a victory for many. Personal victories become ultimately public victories. Personal defeats become ultimately public defeats. That's why this is, this is so important. It's not just the damage you do to yourself over time that you can't see because it's so gradual, but then there's the multiplied damage that that has on down the pathway that you have very little concept of being able to, to comprehend without an eternal perspective, without looking at the end of time and looking back and going, now I can see all of that. I, I did all that? Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Oh my gosh, I wish I had plucked out my eye. Wish I had cut off my hand. It would have been so, so much better. The cost would have been so less if I chopped off a foot. You see, it has been said, it, there's no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. It's no fool who gives up a part of his body that <laughs> you know full well you will not be hanging on to forever. Correct? Yeah. To lose what, uh, to gain, I should say, what you can't lose, eternal life. To, to gain his place in heaven that cannot be lost for eternity. It's no fool who cuts off his hand. It's no fool who plucks out his eye. In fact, it could be a demonstration of great wisdom. We all know that Jesus just didn't cut off his hand or his foot, but Jesus cut off his life. We know that Jesus cut off his life stream, his connection with the Father. Do you think he regretted it? <laughs> Do you think he wished he never went there? This cross was shocking, folks. Shocking beyond measure. Um, it's something that you and I, I don't think, could view without 
screaming and squinting and having to look away. The, the cross is a shocking piece of human history. Shocking. I don't know what you've had to cope with and face in your life, but I can assure you today that, 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 that the, uh, viewing somebody crucified on a cross would go far beyond. It, it's it's soul-destroying, incredibly damaging. Jesus, who went all through that, came out the other side with a name that's above every other name. Came out the other side with the keys of hell and of death. See, he didn't really want to take the pathway. We all know the night before he said, Father, if it's possible, you know, there's another way out. Hello. <laughs> but not my will, but thine be done. And he went through that excruciating loss of his own life only to gain, only to gain. It was better for him. And what Jesus is saying to us today, it's better for you. So here's the question, and then I'm going to pray. There's just one question that I need you to take away today. I need you to wrestle this to the ground. What is it that stands between you and the life that God has for you? What is it? What is it that stands between you and what God has for you? Can I ask you today, don't justify it. Don't try to put perimeters and boundaries around it. It's better that you cut it off. It's better that you sever it. Is there pain involved in this? Yeah, there is. And I'm not sort of standing up here today making light of it. There is pain. There is pain here. There is huge pain. What Jesus is saying is if you, when you weigh the pain up, the pain, the momentary pain of that cut off, as, as opposed to the, the cumulative pain of not cutting that off, this pain is going to be less. This is going to be better for you. Now, I know it's difficult to comprehend. I know you go, well, you know, what about somebody else? What about the pedophiles? They're bad. Don't, don't point at me. Oh, I, I get that. I understand that. Jesus has only said this because he loves us. And he said, weigh it up. The, the, the cumulative pain here versus the cumulative pain there. And if you cut off your hand, if you, if you scale it out, you're the winner. You're in front. So, cut it off. Turn your back on it. Sever it have nothing to do with it and see where you are in six months time let's bow our heads together we're going to probably stand let's stand let's stand up thank you Lord Lord today we are confronted by this seemingly difficult and uh, extreme teaching of Jesus Words that would be easier, perhaps, that we just ignored. <laughs> but Lord, you've put them in this, in this story of Jesus for our benefits. So Lord, we lean into them today. Lord, we, we, we don't turn our back on them. We don't just consider them to be somewhat irrelevant to our life. Lord, we lean into them and we ask genuinely the question that you're posing here.
about what are we hanging on to and where are we going and what are we viewing that might come between me and your ultimate purpose ultimate plan for my life Lord help us today to rise up over that thing Lord to cut it off, sever it, turn our back on it might be our pride might be uh, something that that, that we uh, uh, should be doing but we haven't been doing time thing help us Father God to see what that is so that we might live the life that you called us to live the overcoming life the God glorifying life the triumphant life followers of Jesus Christ and that we believe this this morning together in Jesus name Amen, why don't we worship and sing together thanks guys Thank you for listening to this podcast